Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing gift. Man, this is this is a this is a beautiful uh, experience, man. Of, the, of just a fellowship, man. It's a, uh, and that that was the premise of just a podcast. Is just these are conversations of clarity. So whether it's myself or with my best friends, that's why I created it to be able to have these conversations that people have to pay thousands of dollars for a mastermind, right? And so I always, you know, I'll, I'll be in a conversation. And people say, "Man, how do you do it?" And I was like, look at the camera, and say, "Listen." Great morning, great afternoon, great night. Welcome to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. I am your host, your guide, Rodney Williams. And today, oh my God, what a gift to have some of my closest best friends. And we've known each other for decades. And we are here just to share the experience of just being so that, guess what? When you have the right mindset, the habits, and massive action plans to share and grow, you can be on the trajectory to be the best versions of yourself. And that's what this is all about is being vulnerable, being open, sharing the experience. Because that's what we're put on this earth for to share. Because so I'm with two of my closest friends. And if y'all want to introduce yourselves, please do. And we're going to have an amazing conversation. <laughs> and I hope that it brings you to a place of either questioning yourself or the self-reflection to get you to wherever it is you need to be. So to my right, uh, what an amazing, amazing man. I used to work for this gentleman. <laughs> no, no, no. You, we worked with each other. With each other when I was known as the only dancing bouncer. Still yeah. is. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Five two thousand and six. Since wow. we all known each other. Wow. So to be here, yeah, full circle. Y'all have known me for so many years and seen the progression and the growth and the passion to be here sitting with y'all, man. It's it's been a blessing. And as I mentioned earlier, we had this conversation before I even started the podcast. Yeah. The seeds were planted. And when you were like, "Yeah, man, let me know exactly," I let that sink in. I'm like, "Okay, you know what? I want to get to a point." where I am creating something where I don't have to ask you, hey, would you like to be a part of it? You could see what I'm doing and want to be a part of it. Hence why my man right here, it was beautiful. And he said, hey, what about these days? So yeah, introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so I'm Donald Simeon. Uh, friend. Yes, brother. <laughs> brother. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Of my man here to the left. Um, you know, it's like you're saying, you know, we've known each other for quite some time. And, uh, you know, you're talking about work. First of all, this, we work together. We didn't, yes. work, nobody works for yes. each other and stuff like this. So the, the other thing I will say to what you just said is that, um, first of all, anything you were going to be a part of, I was like, I I'm in, right? You didn't have to prove value to me for anything, right? Because I knew anything that you set your mind to was going to be not only something that was going to manifest itself, but something that was going to add value for the world. Yeah, I said that. I said that. I said the world. Yeah. yeah. I said that. So I'm just glad that, uh, first of all, the, we can make the dates work, schedules, all that type of stuff or whatever. But my dude, like, I'm glad we're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be a part of this. Man, it's an sure. honor. It's yeah. an honor. Oh, it's an honor for me, brother. Yeah, yeah man. No doubt. Of course it is. Uh, Kevin, Donald's Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> But no, man, I'm just excited to, to 
be here with two of my favorite people. Uh, I know we got a great story just to talk about and just have some fun today. But let's toast real quick. Yeah, let's absolutely. Make it happen. So. Make it happen. You need to look like you need some more wine. Yeah, I'm a little low. I'm court low. I'm going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> working on that five-star rating, by the way. So. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Of course. You. No, I appreciate you. Welcoming me into your beautiful home. Always. Always. <clears throat> Twist the turn a little bit. I learned a little bit. You know, look I learned. You. Look at you. Hey, listen, my friend, <laughs> my friend Brad, when I went up there, I actually did punch downs and helped him with it. So just in watching, you know, I've never worked in the service industry per se, but I watch and I pay attention. So, yeah, yeah, man, this is a culmination of many years yeah. of just experience in life, man, and, and, and not taking the lessons for granted, man. And so... Y'all don't know this, but I I, I watch I've watched y'all intently, and y'all have been like my pseudo mentors without me coming to y'all and saying like, man, how did you? I've watched how y'all have moved, and when I got to a position where I felt this is ego, of course, like I was ready to really dive in and show what I was about to have it embraced, man. It's it's I mean, this is something that I've dreamed of. Like I, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't want to come to you and be like, hey, would you like to? I wanted you to see the body of work, and like you said, you saw my passion. So to have this here, man, like, what what, what would you say in this industry, especially during COVID and being in the restaurant industry, like, what have been some of the things that have really helped y'all stay at the top level? Because there's a there's a level of craftsmanship that is not seen by many people. What what is it? What are some of the like the non-negotiable intangibles that have allowed y'all to be at this level? Um, I, I think for me, it's, it's, it's uh, servant leadership. I talk a lot about servant leadership, brother. Like, it is amazing to me, especially as I've ascended through many organizations, the, the void of um, people-first culture and the void of making sure people are successful um, and uh, and not putting your needs before their needs. So I think we talked about it earlier, like yeah. it's not a popular viewpoint, but I'm not a fan of ambitious people. Mm -hmm. it, I just, I, it's okay to be passionate about what you do. It's okay to be driven. But when you say you're ambitious, to me, it's, it just comes across to me as you're gonna step on any and everyone to get to what you think is um, where you should be or your version of success. You know, I, I teach, I coach, I do whatever I can to get everybody to understand that within the servant leadership framework is that if you make sure other people are successful first, it, it drags you along. And by virtue of their success, you will absolutely be successful because if they report to you, your results are their results. Yeah. Right? So I think for me, that's one of the things, especially throughout COVID, um, you know, I had to take a step back and I've always been people first, but I really wanted to make sure my leadership style and all those things was even more heightened, especially given all the challenges that were going on yeah. throughout COVID. And, and I think the other part of that too, for me was that, you know, just really taking a step back, um, you know, we've had a couple conversations about this, but, you know, during COVID, uh, a lot of people were fortunate enough, including myself to uh, work from home and still be fortunate enough to still have a job and yeah. still earn and still do all those things. And, um, I, I couldn't run away from myself, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So I had to look in the mirror and I had to, I had to say to myself, um, from a personal perspective, from a professional perspective, from a who I want to be in the future, like, 
am I the person I want to be? Uh, I think I a lot of things I liked, but there was a few more things that I didn't like about yeah. myself, man. So I had to take a step back and make some changes. So um, and I know this is a, a long way around to say, um, for me, I got into mindfulness. I started to meditate. Um, I started to really, you know, ask myself, you know, from a personal perspective in all of my relationships, what was my role in the beginning and end of those of those relationships and um, who I want to be in the future mm -hmm. to position myself of uh, if I want to be a husband, if I want to be a, you know, a good partner or whatever that wanted to be, um, who, who am I going to be in the future? Yeah. And I think COVID allowed me to take a step back and say um, a lot of those things that I needed polish on to be who I am now and where I want to be. So still a work in progress. I yeah. still um, work on myself every day. But I, I, and, and for so many people, I think COVID, there was some tragedy and some other things that happened with that. And I fully respect that. But for me personally, um, it was one of those things that really was probably one of the best things that happened to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me as well, before you answer, that's one of the things when I talk about like the four tenets, I talk about who it is that you want to be. You have to look currently where you're at. Then you have to also look at the results in advance, whether it's one year, two year, three year, five year, 10 year. Third is the importance of your why. Mm -hmm. And also 3A would be who needs your all-star game performance? Because when you're not really feeling like it, if you can lean on those people, and then once you realize that, the fourth component is what are those new capabilities when you see that forward-thinking vision? That way you can reverse engineer that process. So yeah. while you saying that, man, that really resonates with me as well. So check that out. What, what? Man, it was crazy because for me personally, um, moved to Chicago. Right, taking over a whole new territory with my, my previous company, and then bam, you know, moving my family, new job, new territory, and then this thing called COVID happened, right? And what's crazy was you really have to take a look at yourself in the mirror because there was no playbook that you can refer to to say, hey, how should we do this? Because it was so new to everybody. Yeah. Uh, but what I realized for me was I had to make sure that I was in a good spot first, and it wasn't about the company, and for the first time, you know, when I asked myself, man, what do I do? It was, what do I need to do for myself, for my family? Then the professional side came in, you know? So I think it was an aha moment for me. And quite frankly, that's how I ended up back in Houston. Yeah. When I asked that, because I think if you go before Denver, Salt Lake City, and, and, and back in Houston, I, I would say, man, what do I need to do for the company, right? And I think for me, it was a defining moment of like, what I need to do for me for Erica, for Nolan, and I think that was just, I think it accelerated everything that I needed to do. And then from that moment, I realized that the servant leadership, I gotta make sure that I'm guiding my team because they had no idea, right? Because the, the industry that we came from, you know, was steak and potatoes, there's a playbook for that, labor, food costs, whatever, but then you add on this unknown component of COVID where things were changing so quickly every single day that as soon as, you know, the new order came in or, or change in direction, all eyes were on me. Yeah. But what I realized was that prior, it was easy for me to make that decision because I could just look behind me and go back to that old school playbook. Mm -hmm. And it was a, but then what I realized was before it was never about me or the family or, or parents. It was always about the company. 
so for me, it was just like I had that epiphany. It's like, man, this is the first time that it was about me, family, and then the company, right? And, and nothing, not to say anything bad about it, but I realized that I was just out of balance for so long. Yeah. You know, so so for me, that was the defining moment um, that, that I really just take a step back and just reflect on, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why we're here today. Yeah. And, and I love that you talk about servant leadership because I've been like, that is the thing that we weren't, we weren't taught that. No, yeah, not at all. You know, it's either you're going to be a leader or you're going to serve and they're polarizing. And if you try to straddle that, then there's a lot of different monikers and different narratives that come with it. But that is ultimately what you want is you want to be able to serve so that people aren't going to question to follow. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's one of those things, man, like I um, just, I guess, some background for a conversation. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a vice president for a really large chain and I have company and franchise operations and, you know, it's 500 units, if you will, within that piece of it. Um, then you start to think about like span of control and I've got five VPs that report to me, two directors of franchise operations and all those things. And I just say that to preface the conversation, what I'm going to say next, it is when I sit in a room and I sit in big rooms and it's all C-suite people, I'm on the board of directors for non for the foundation and all of the other different things. And um, the one thing that is so uniquely apparent in the room is I am completely different than everyone else. And when we start to go down these paths, uh, it's almost by clockwork, they present things and they look at me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's because like I always come through with this lens of everything that we're going to talk about right now it's really easy to say it's going to impact X or Y or whatever but I'm uniquely qualified because of not only my experience but because of my value system and what I'm rooted in to say that's a great decision for the top line and the bottom line that's a great decision that is not a good people decision. Mm. And that is not a good decision that will impact the long-term culture of an organization. I think you start to think about these bigger picture items and there's so many focuses and all those things. And I've always been a, po a person that anytime I've ever gotten any result, any accolade, whatever, first of all, I'm not a trophy person, but anytime I've ever gotten any recognition, it is because I always put people's needs first and then they performed because they felt comfortable. They felt great in the culture that I helped to try and guide and create. And by virtue of that, they felt strong enough to be successful. And in turn, I get an award where I have to stand on a stage and say, I'm going to tell you the obligatory what everybody says. It's not me. It's my people. Yeah. But it is truly a fact of those things, right? So you start to think about servant leadership, man. It is like ingrained into my DNA. And there's like so many other things that I want to do. Like I could not be as successful as I have been in feeding my family and done all the unique things that I have done. And I know the things I'm going to do in the future if it was not supported by many, many, many people that if I don't have to do something on a certain day, they got to roll out of bed and they have to feel really, really good about going in and doing those things. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is It is not important to me. It is who I am. Yeah. That's a different level of that, Different right? level. It's, it's not, because you can say a lot of things are important to you, 
But when you say something is, this is who I am, this is ingrained in my DNA, that's a different level of commitment. Yes, this yeah. is my life. This, this is, is what, what I, I do. do. Yeah. yeah. He mentioned values. What are some of the values that are like non-negotiable for you with regard to organizationally, like the people that you want around yeah. you? You know, number one, um, well, before I even answer that, what when I left my previous company to join the company I'm with now, the my core values personally for me had to align with the company's value as well. So number one is I was going to be family, right? And you we, we say that a lot, but then when you have your own family, it hits you differently, right? Yeah. But but I always knew that family was always going to be most important to me. Uh, number two, it, it's simple, is just trust and transparency. That's you know, and I might not like what my boss might have to say, but I would appreciate that they have the courage and, uh, and the respect to let me know, hey, you might not like what I have to say, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. From that point, I'm, I'm in, yeah. right? So so really for me, it's just those, those two those things, two. right? And, and then, you know, really the, the glue that holds it all together is just be genuine about it. And for me, when when you're honest and you're real, shoot me straight. Yeah. And, you know, from that moment, I'm in, I'm all in, right? But if you can't, you know, especially for me, like when, when you tell me, well, you got to sacrifice your family, I'm checked out, I'm done, right? And then from that moment, you can't really win, yeah. right? Because I already know what your game is and your game is top line, bottom line, right? Um, so for me, you would be really those three things. Those three things. Yeah, and from that moment, if you can ensure that those three things are consistent for me, I got your back all day long. Know, so and it lines up with my personal values too. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. No, yeah, <clears throat> man, values. So, um, every day, the higher level, if you move into any organization, or even if you own your own business, I think many people from the outside looking in don't understand is that you're always accountable to someone, mm -hmm. and. You always um, have to roll out of bed every day and be a self-starter. And with that mission of, I'm accountable to someone. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of people think I'm gonna go into my own business, I'm gonna do all these different things and it's gonna be about me. And what you immediately start to realize is, is that you cannot accomplish anything without the people that are there every day or whatever. So if you do not have a values-based viewpoint of the world, or your personal, um, how I live my life, you're not gonna be successful. Uh, it just, it won't happen, it won't happen. You may be able to be successful for a short period of time, you'll be able to make money and do whatever, but like sustainability and long-term success, unless you have core values that are important that you live and work and, and associate yourself with, it's just not gonna work. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I, and I think for me is like, the higher level that you get or the more money that you make, whatever you want to call that, you start off with things that come at you that um, initially challenge your value system. So it's money, it's all these different things that can come at you or whatever. Um, then you start to get to a certain point and if you are successful and you're grounded in whatever your values are, what they don't challenge you. You just expect that they're coming and you know how to handle and deal with those things, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, I was very fortunate early enough today to where I was invited to speak to a group of about 20 or so um, young individuals and anywhere from 15 to 17 and they're trying to figure out who they want to be in life and they want to go into 
um, these careers and um, this company started this leadership uh, program and allowed them to come in and do all those things to develop future leaders and potentially come to work for them. You know, and a, and a big part of that conversation was about values and life lessons and all those things. And where I always started with them is, is the most important thing for me is integrity. Mm. And I can teach you anything. I can teach you how to be successful in the stock market. I can teach you how to lead a Fortune 200, 500 company. I can teach you how to sit down and do everything strategically. I, I can teach you anything. What I can't teach you is how to have integrity. And what you, what a lot of people don't realize is, is that every ounce of success is based on a foundation of your integrity. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have that, it, it all crumbles. It all falls apart. And, you know, for example, I'll give you a really great story. So um, I had the West Coast for this company and I go in and um, I'm a new leader and I get to make decisions that can impact significant amounts of revenue. And someone requested a meeting for me and showed up and said, if you do not change anything I have and would consider these four or five additional things, I'm going to write you a personal check for $50,000 right now off the books. You can keep it, take it. No one would know. And without hesitation, I looked at him and I said, respectfully, I'm not taking that. I don't understand. And in my mind, the first thing I played back was, what is my earning potential over the next X amount of time? What do I want to accomplish? Where am I going to go? The $50,000 you're going to write me a check for, I already have that. Right. Like I, like so <laughs> I'm going to get that or whatever that may be. And, and it just, it just, it was a very good reminder for me was, is that my value system was not challenged, but if I didn't have that integrity and move into that role, it would be real easy to make that decision to say, I'm going to take that $50,000 and then you piss away the $2 million mm -hmm. you can make over the next mm -hmm. six years, four years, five years, right? Yeah. For $50,000. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what's crazy is like, through my years of interviewing people, I always ask the individual that I'm interviewing, like, hey, what's important to you? What are your values? And it's crazy because, I mean, we'll never be perfect on the people that we hire to bring on board to our teams, right? But it's, it's, it's mind-blowing at times that they don't know what their values are, but yet they're, they're trying to force their way onto our teams. Like, we might be the hottest thing right now, but our values and your values don't line up. But I think what really, you know, blows my mind is like you gotta know who you are first yes. you gotta know what's important to you yes and you know and i think that's the part that that people forget about sometimes because they're so it's a short-term game yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. how, how can i get this job to get the most out of it going to the next stop and you know but for me it's like no you just take a step back what's important to you what do you want what do you want to be five ten years down the road am i the right person to give that to you, yeah. right? And, and it's just mind-blowing for me because I was like, man, you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, my previous job, I was with them for 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. And when I was back in Chicago, the epiphany of, like, with COVID and everything, I, I, I was in that mode of, like, what's my 10-year plan look like? And I had to really ask myself, what were my core values? Then when I figured out what those values were, then it was like, hey, now let me go find this company or the next team that aligns with that as well. Remember having a conversation with him. Hey man, I did the research and he and I had a conversation. I was like, 
five things I need checked off me. And I was like, they're checked off. And it was still a Hail Mary. Yeah. But you know, it felt a lot better, right? So, but it's just crazy that you brought up the whole value piece because I think a lot of times people, they're, you know, they're so focused on what the other person is about yes. that you got to take a look at, hey, who are you, right? Yeah. And I think we, we, I mean, I'm guilty of it at times. Yeah. And, you know, we forget about who we are or who we need to be and, and working on that component. Yeah. And once you fix that and you're in a good spot, then you can accomplish everything else. And it kind of goes back to the servant leadership. A lot of times you always want to help out other people, but you got to realize, and it's the hardest thing to do as servant leaders is you do have to be selfish. You got to make sure you're in a good spot before you can help anybody else. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And, and I got to add into that. Yeah, please, because please. Like, I think the other thing too is um, personal relationships is where that comes into play and where it also impacts you professionally or whatever, but just your day-to-day. -day. And I think that, you know, what is the divorce rate in the United States? Like 50% or some crazy stuff or whatever. Something ridiculous, right? And the part of that is, is because initially, a lot of people conform and change their value system when they're in a new relationship to try and be who they think that other person wants them to be <laughs> because they don't want that to end because, wow, I'm digging this person, I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. And what happens is, is that I think a lot of that would be less is if we would be completely honest with ourselves and say, my value system is X. If this does not align now, I respect who you are as an individual. I understand who you want to be and all those things. We're probably not going to be a good fit because our value systems do not align. However, if we go into it and you say, these are my values, are those things important to you? Let's calibrate. Let's do these things. Let's have the conversations. Let's do whatever. My personal opinion is relationships in general would be that much better yes. because oh, yeah. people would align on their values and stop conforming to be who they think that other person wants them to be. Absolutely. Because in the end, it always comes out, right? What's ever in darkness always comes to the light. And yep. when it comes to the light, your true personality is going to come through. And if your value system has been adjusted to be a part of who you think someone else wants you to be in a relationship, it always crumbles. Yeah. And, and, I, and I love how you said that. Now, I've said nuggets that I want to touch on. But, like, just with what you said, if you come into a relationship where you are committed to the evolution and understanding that we're going to evolve at different times but honor the fact that if i start to evolve and it kind of feels a little awkward you embrace that just like when you go through it i'm going to embrace it then that divorce rate would drop yeah because a lot of times what we do is guess what if i align myself with a woman that might uh make up for my perceived weaknesses then guess what we get to a point where that is no longer a weakness and if there's nothing else to fall back on then it's like well why are you even here yeah. And why am I even here, right? So just starting out with having that conversation of laying it all the line, if we can handle this and evolve, then great. If not, then okay, let's cut our losses, right? Yeah. So one of the things I want to touch on earlier when you talked about accountability, accountability is ownership. You know, nobody can really hold you accountable. You have to hold yourself accountable. And I was listening to a podcast last week. Um, it was tailored around basketball. And I was talking about craftsmanship. And when I listened to it, it was a basketball coach. His name was like Taylor Allen, I believe. And when I listened to it, I was like, this is where people are missing out because the craftsmanship is you falling in love with the work so much. That's the body of work that is actually the reward. You're not worried or focused on 
the results or the outcome, you're falling in love with the work. Like all of the savants, the Kobe's, the Jordans, all that sort of, when you fall in love with that, then it doesn't matter what the, the outcomes will take care of itself. Because guess what? You have invested in making sure that you are the best version of you every single opportunity. That comes with learning from the mistakes because there's no losses, only lessons. There's no failures, only feedback. So with regard to that, I personally consider y'all craftsmen of the hospitality and that industry, right? And so just speak to that word. What does craftsmanship mean to you? Always getting better. And I think the um, the key word for me is just collaboration, right? I think I think for me, um, through my journey, right, from, from being a dishwasher in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to running my own restaurant in the Woodlands, to, you know, taking over multiple markets in different states, I think when I realized that it wasn't about me against Donald, it was about how can I and Donald work together, yeah. it just... It just shifted. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Where was this ten years ago?" I don't got to this level a lot faster, right? Yeah. But but I think that at times too, right? We we're so driven on wanting to be the best that we're always trying to compete against the other person. But in reality, you're really just competing against yourself, yeah. right? That when you 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 know when you make that that decision to get out of bed and to to take on those actions, it's just you against you. It's not against anybody else. And really for me, like I was, I was so driven on um, trying to beat the other person that I realized that what I was doing was I was making it easier for the other person mm. to outshine me. Mm. And when I realized, I was like, hey, if you're doing something well, let me just have the, the, the you know, the, the humbleness, right? To say, hey, Don, you're doing a great job. What are you doing? Can we set aside some time? I want to learn from you. Because then I realized I have something that you might need. Yeah. So when I realized that, you know, Probably the second half of my career as a, you know, when I was running the, the restaurant up in the Woodlands, it just made things a lot easier for me. And then I took that same mindset to when I got promoted, you know, in 2015, I just realized that, man, if I just collaborate and we just work well together, things are going to be so much easier, right? And, and the easier it got through the collaboration, the more fun I had doing it. So for me, it's just about collaboration and just, you know, swallow your pride. You have to put your ego to the sidelines. It's not that important because ultimately it comes back to, you know, you're talking about servant leadership is that when you, when your ego takes over, you're not only jeopardizing your success, more importantly, you're jeopardizing your team's success. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, you know, Rick Pitino said it best at one of our conferences years ago, play for the name that's on the front of your jersey mm-hmm. and the back will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, it just hit me. I was like, damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know? But it's crazy because growing up, you know, in Louisiana playing sports, it was always the team, team, team aspects. But then when you get into the business world, it's it's so driven to you. Like, you see what Donald's doing over there. You see what Ronnie, you, you got to go kick his butt. He's a good guy. But, but, you know, but then you realize, man, if I just get with Donald and says, hey, how can we work together? Everybody wins. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's amazing in a society that's bred and programmed in us from school. It's always, okay, who can be the top of the class, top of the yeah. class, who can be yeah. number one, and then you get to college, and you get out of college, and then you go and work for somebody, and it's like, oh, I got to work on a team. Yeah. Why not start grassroots teaching that, knowing yeah. that the yeah. end result is going to be yeah. just that? 
And then it's counterproductive because it's like, well, I'm used to trying to make sure I can find every angle to be on top so I can be seen. Yeah. Where if you look at it like a Fab Five, when if you, everybody yeah. is winning on the team, then everybody individually is going to yeah. to win, right? So you know, with, uh, passing that question to you, like with craftsmanship, like what is what is something that defines craftsmanship for you? Yeah, you know, and I think we some of the things we've been talking about, I think, is exactly where I would go with craftsmanship. So, and, and I'll give you an example. I heard a story earlier today of this gentleman, and I can't think of his name right now, it escapes me, that new to um, uh, performance enhancing from a sports bar, I mean, from a uh, sports perspective, right? So he takes and he's like, I've got these new unique perspectives and what I want to do is I want to get into this world of professional sports and I want to be able to take my unique ideas and develop talent. So he goes to the Chicago Bulls and he sends a personal letter to every single member of the team on the Chicago Bulls and says, hey, I want to, I'm new to this industry, I'm new to training, I want to develop and do these things, I have unique ideas. Um, who would like to partner with me, right? There's one person on the team that said they would like to partner. Who do you think that was? Jordan. It was Michael Jordan. <laughs> and it was not only Michael Jordan, it is Michael Jordan scoring 36 points a game, leading the team, whatever. And his response back to this guy was, I want to be better. Mm. I want to be better, mm -hmm. right? Not I'm scoring 36 points a game. Not I'm leading my team. Not I'm whatever. And at that time, he had never won a championship. He partners with this guy, and the guy tells him, look, I'm going to come to every one of your practices. I'm going to come to every one of your games. I'm going to analyze your film. I'm going to analyze you. And what I'm going to give you is everything that is wrong with your game. And a guy like Michael Jordan says, absolutely, tell me what's wrong with my game. Right. And I go back to say, you know, the craftsmanship piece of that is, is there's so many people that always say, I embrace the work. I embrace this. I do this. I work hard. I'm a craftsman. I do all those things, but can never accept or put themselves in a vulnerable position to say, I can be better. And the lesson for me was, is that the guy that was at the top of the league at that time to say everybody else on the team who turned him down. Yes, I want to work with you. Tell me where I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's screwed up. Tell me what I can improve. And then, after that, won his first championship mm -hmm. and many of the next six. six. Yes, six rings. But it started with that whole conversation. And, of course, the Bulls put some pieces around him or whatever. Yeah. But it started off with his desire to say, I am the best on my team, but I can be better. And somebody I do not know can teach me how to be better. Yes. Yeah, and to accept that is the ultimate lesson for me to say, wow, like to be a craftsman, I can learn from anyone. Yes. And like when I go and I travel and I do all those things, I meet people on an airplane, I meet people in restaurants, I meet people anywhere. I'm always open to the fact that someone that is sitting around me or next to me can teach me something. And to me, that is the art of being a true craftsman because I think I'm very good at what I do and I think that the only way I can even be better than who I am is if I can accept that feedback yeah. to be a true craftsman. Because that's what true craftsmen do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is a 
Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant example. Thank you for sharing that, man. Because that's that's the thing, man. When we get into the crux of it and we allow egos to creep in, mm -hmm. then we have that natural, innate sense of hubris, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, I've been through, you have, you don't know where I've been. I've gone through this and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. What can you tell me? You have no idea. So to have somebody that was arguably the GOAT, yeah. to be humble enough to say, no, I still need to learn more because guess what we are imperfect just the way we are yeah. and so if we ever get to a point of perfection life will get boring very boring right so at your level at your level at my level we are always striving to grow and to continue to find whatever that is intangible to continue to push us forward whether it's i mean we're all fathers here right yeah. so <laughs> it doesn't matter the effort that i put in to get to where i'm at what can I learn so that my grandson, yeah. my youngest daughter, can learn from my trials and errors, right? Because trial and error doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You mentioned something earlier. When you find somebody that has gone through what you've been through and you can learn from them, then guess what? You're building on top of something that's already a foundation versus like, oh, we got to reinvent, you know what I mean, the wheel. So one of the questions I want to ask is like, through you guys' trial and error, how important has it been to have mentors and people show you the way versus you just like, oh, forget your prowess over here. I'm going to go against the grain and try to figure it out. Man, it, it's important because I, I think for me, I always ask the question, right? Like, hey, hey, Donald, hey, Rodney people that I work with, you know, is, hey, this is what's about to happen, or this is the experience I'm going through. What would you do in this situation? And it doesn't mean I'm always going to take their advice, but I'm always willing to listen, right? And it's not just from one person, and it's not just from the people that think like me. I like to go to people that don't think like me, because I want different perspectives, right? And I think that's the fun part about life, whether it's on a personal level or a professional level, is you can always learn something from other people but you gotta be open-minded because I think there's a difference between listening to somebody and just hearing somebody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you know, so for me, I'm always if I'm not sure about something, I'm always gonna ask. It's not just one person, it's gonna be multiple people because I want different inputs. But you go back to my values earlier, is when I look when I say family is important to me, my inner circle, right? That's important to me as well because I'm only gonna go to people that I can trust that's gonna tell me what I need to hear, not what I wanna hear. And I think that's what's important for me is when I go and ask certain people certain things, I will be trusting them and they have to trust in me that they're going to be honest to me because at the end of the day, we're, we're protecting that inner circle, mm -hmm. right? So it's, you know, I mean, look, I'm a brand new father, man. You know, like, you guys know, no one's going to be Cheers, right? Cheers for new father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, down the road, I'm going to be calling you out on, on certain things, right? That, hey, what would you do in this situation, right? So mm -hmm. I think, you know, I truly believe, man, that you meet certain people at certain points in your life for specific reasons. Yeah. And you might not know it now, but when that time comes, you'll be like, okay, I got you. Hey, let's go have a drink. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if that answers your question. No, it did. But, but, you know, I think that that's what's, you know, important for me. So. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you're open to be vulnerable. Like, through your experience of growing and having success, yeah. you could very well be like, I'm not trying to hear what you're saying. I'm yeah. good over here. 
but so, not being satisfied yeah. with that and wanting to always be open. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So it was um, 2013, 2014. Um, I applied for uh, a director of ops position okay. for my company, and I didn't get I didn't get the position. And I knew going into the interview, I wasn't ready for it, but I felt good because I was like, all right, I'm going I'm going to Tampa, I'm going to interview. I, I get to sit in the office and talk to these people that normally I wouldn't get that time of day with. Uh, but I knew five minutes in the interview, I was like, I'm not getting this job. I knew internally why I wasn't ready. But I knew that, hey, I'm going to fix it. But that was the easy part. The hard part was sitting across the table months down the road from my fellow peers that I worked with says, hey, not only did I not get the promotion, why didn't you uh, vote for me to be the leader of this market? Mm -hmm. It's easy to ask that question, right? But to sit there and have 13, 14 people tell you straight up, this is exactly why not only did you not get promoted, why I did not vote for you. That, for me at that time was hard, right? But then I took it a step further and says, okay, I'm gonna really go to the, the, the source of truth. And I sat down with every one of my employees at my restaurant. And it was hard, man, because, you know, I'm a prideful guy, you know yeah, what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, some will say a little, you know, confident, whatever it may be, it is what it <laughs> a is, A little right? confident, it's, it's, it's a little balance, right? A little, right? But I will tell you that when I, when I sat there with the people that I trusted the most and I said, hey, why do you think I didn't get uh, nominated for this award? Why do you feel that I didn't get you know, promoted? I mean, they hit me. And I remember after the first week, I was just like, damn, I got like 60 more people to go ask this question to. But I will tell you what I appreciate about those people was that they were very honest to me because they wanted me to accomplish that goal. And it's crazy because as I left my previous company to join my new company, the people that were very honest to me are now a part of this team, right? So it, it's one, and we, we actually had this conversation about a week ago. I said, hey, why would you come back to work with me? And they're like, dude, because we can shoot you straight, you can shoot us straight, but more importantly, you have the best, you know, you have our best interests at heart. And we also know that we can come to you when you're out of bounds and pull you back in. So for me, that's what's important. And it goes back to the values again. Yes, it's it's whether it's personal, business. You always got to surround yourself with the with people that ha that are going to protect you, right? Because as leaders in our industry, the most important decision we make is who we allow to be on our teams, right? And I think in our lives, it's just as important, yeah. but more important, yeah, more important, more important, right? Because yeah. there's no agendas. It's more, hey, what do you need? What do you need from me that I can help you accomplish that goal? And it's, it's hard to find that nowadays, man. Yeah. Because everybody's got that agenda. When you think about our story years and years ago, but yet we're here tonight. Yeah. But it's, but it's consistently, though, yeah. right? So, And I love that because that's a, for me, that's a perfect example of servant leadership. Yeah. How many people in not just the hospitality and restaurant, just in any industry, would go back and say, like, why would you have not voted? Like, what is it about what I am doing where I can improve? Like, not a lot of people are doing it. So doing that, oh my God. Oh, it, hurt. it hurt. I, know. <laughs> I was like, if I had some hibiki back there, I was, I was on crown back then, right? Oh, and then really? I was hibiki. And so like, yeah. yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it hurt, but you know what? It was the best thing for me though. Yeah. Because without that, that honesty and, 
and that transparency. But what I realized was the, the people that were honest to me had my best interest. They yes. wanted me to succeed. And it was just like, I got it, right? So, And that's like they could sense from how you are, your integrity. Yeah. So based upon how your actions, when people aren't watching, this is how you are. Yeah. So you're going to honestly come not just for fluff, but mm -hmm. for really like, I want to get better, not for me, but so I can better serve you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Same question to you, like with mentorship and how you've gone through your path, like what has been, like when did you realize the importance of mentorship and learning a framework that somebody has already put in place so you can add your own unique skills and talents and not just have to start from square one. Yeah, so I, um, at the time I was young and I was aggressive and I was uh, making things happen, but I was burning down everything. I was scorched earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hurricane, yeah. hurricane down. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, and, I, and I had this gentleman come to me and said, you know, you have a lot of talent, can I give you some advice? And I told him, absolutely, I don't need your advice. <laughs> and he looks at me and he says, I see potential in you, and I'm going to give it to you anyway. And he's like, the day you are going to be successful is you're going to figure out a way to remove emotions from your decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And you can find out how you can continue to be passionate about what you do but you're gonna remove the emotions. And I kind of, eh, whatever. And then he looked at me and said, my brother, you have the potential to be anybody you want to be, but this aggressive projection on whatever else can derail you. He's like, I think you're gonna figure that out. And he's like, I'll tell you one more thing. He's like, if you move to any level, and you're not successful and you need to learn. And if at the time I was a whatever I was, and he's like, if you're gonna be GM, remember this. Once you get to that level, they can never take that away from you. Mm -hmm. And it's up to you at that point to build and grow to move to the next level. Mm -hmm. And when you move to that next level, they can never take that away from you either. Mm -hmm. And he's like, keep that in mind or whatever. Um, you know, we started talking and he would tell me different things and, you know, he, he identified with me because he was older and he had been in the industry for quite some time and had made money and did some other things and, you know, had kids of his own and all those pieces. And, um, you know, he would come to me frequently and tell me certain things. And um, at the time, I would say, I don't need a mentor. I don't whatever. The difference is that he met me where I was. And... He knew if he came to me and said, I want to mentor you, I want to do X, I want to do Y, I would tell him no. <laughs> but as he continued to come in and drop a nugget and move on, drop a nugget and move on, yeah. then I was able to sit down and have conversations with him to say, okay, I don't need you to be my mentor, but I'm listening to you. And he understood that and gave me what I needed when I needed it. Yes. Um, and then he also had conversations to say, if you keep on this path, you do these things, you do whatever, you're not only, not only going to be where I'm at, you're going to far exceed that. And I understand my role in your growth and you're helping you exceed that is what I'm going to give you now 
but at some point, I'm not going to be able to give you what you need because you're going to outgrow that. And I hope that you would figure out and find someone that can help you with that. Right. Um, and it was tough, man, because, um, you know, he was an imposing stature and played tight end in the NFL and all those things and all that type of stuff or whatever. But when he spoke to me and we had those conversations, it was always a balance of let me get vulnerable with you and then let me also tell you in very strict, direct language of you need to stop X or Y. Mm -hmm. And um, by the way, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, all right, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got, I got you. you. Yeah, I got you. But when I started to pull it all together, three years past my conversation with him, four years, five years, I catch myself in certain situations saying or doing certain pieces, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was a conversation I had with him on the back porch when I was frustrated, when I was this, when I was that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and I say all that to say, um, and I had this conversation earlier, my path up until this point, and will be as I go forward, non-traditional, mm -hmm. because that is how the creator made me, mm -hmm. whoever you believe in, right? And my thought process is non-traditional, my movements are non-traditional, the way I approach the world is very non-traditional. I've learned how to have conversations and interact with everyone else and do all those pieces. But, you know, my, if, if I could impart anything to anyone would be is understand how to remove those emotions while continuing to be who you are. And if you are non-traditional, non-conforming, understand your role within the bigger picture of how you can continue to be that mm. without flipping over the apple cart mm -hmm. to where people push you out to where you can't really have the true impact that you can have. Yeah. I dig yeah. it. I dig it. One last question. As a servant leader, how would you all define success? Uh, pretty simple for me, man. Yeah. Success is you really spend the time and invest in others to understand truly who they are and who they want to be. And the success is, is helping them to achieve that. Mm. And if they come to you and say, I want to be X, I want to be Y, personal, professional, whatever that may be, and you can sit down with them and say, how can I help you be a partner in that success? And you can have clear examples of, what you did to partner in their success to them to be successful and they achieve those goals, right? Whether it's personal, I want to buy a beach house or whether it's professional and I want to be a VP, I want to be a whatever that may be. Yeah. And for me, the measure of success is, is when you sit down with me and you trust me enough to have that conversation with me and you outline who you want to be and I adopt that and I say, I'm going to help you for the next however many years I know you, my only goal is to help you check off those things. Okay. And when you get to those levels, I will never remind you that I helped you get there. But in my mind, I'm checking the box in my mental to say, I was a part in that. Yeah. But now I am successful because now you've moved two levels. And now your family now has made an additional $100,000 a year. Or your, now you just bought that beach house. Yeah. And now you, whatever's important to you, yeah. the measure of success for me is, is that I helped you get there. Yeah. Wonderful.
Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, you know, I, I think for our jobs, especially for me, when, when I was up in the woodlands, you know, I had, you know, what was really, you know, gratifying for me was the 30 plus people that I helped mentor and develop and help promote. And he said it, it's like, not only are you helping impact that individual, yeah. the, 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 the part that a lot of times people don't recognize and understand is there's a whole other family, the group of people behind the scenes, the, 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 the spouses, the kids, the families back home in a different country that a lot of our people are, you know, they're working multiple jobs that when you help them be promoted to a manager, a GM, an owner, you're not only impacting that individual, you're, it's an entire village yeah. that you're taking care of. And I think, you know, my, um, for me, when I was in Chicago, you know, and why I shared this story is that Chicago team was, it was a dysfunctional team, but they really weren't. And when I took over that market, um, I mean, we had to make some tough decisions, but what was really awesome about it was the people that stayed on board, they were just great people, right? They just needed some guidance. And when I took over that market, you know, it was it was awesome to promote you know this one person that got my job right and and i think when i was on the other phone to listen in from my regional vice president saying hey so and so you just got promoted to be a drill catch partner i put it on mute and i was like hell yeah he did all the work <laughs> but the best part about it as, as servant leaders the best thing is you get to be a part of that journey. Yeah. And, and, and that part, you know, for me was, was success. But then, you know, I do have to be selfish at, at a certain point too, is that one of the things that I really prided myself on was I was, you know, doing some research and everything. I was one of two Asian joint venture partners from my previous company. And, and this is a company that's been around for 30 years, right? And to be able to really understand the magnitude of that you know so huge I, I think and it's, it's so hard as certain leaders and sometimes you got to just say hey man it, it is about me because sometimes you do have to break down those barriers and think about what is that impact going to do five years ten years down the road for someone to say hey if donald can do that or if kevin can do that why can't i not so is it why can i and I think for me, it's like when you start asking the whys behind things, I think it adds on a little bit more motivation and inspiration to it, to say, hey, what's standing in my way? What do I need to do to start knocking on those doors, to, to start you know, having those conversations or whatever it may be? But I'll tell you, man, there's nothing better than knowing that you impacted someone's career because ultimately behind the scenes, the family is the one that benefits from it, the kids and all that stuff. That is success for me. It's not about sales or profits or any of that stuff. It's about, hey, who did you impact? Because I think us as leaders, our ultimate duty is to you know, lay down the foundations and the roadmap for the next generation mm-hmm. along the way. You know, so that would be how I would define success right there. Yeah, man, I absolutely love that. And I, I thank y'all for taking this time because this is what is needed, right? To break it down and have y'all have put in decades of work and had immeasurable success, but to still think about family and think about whomever you are helping behind the scenes is something that if we collectively do that, that is a paradigm shift of shifts that will take this generation, this world, this universe to a whole 
different dimension. So with, with, with final words, like what I want to, what are some final words that you'll have for listeners, for the viewers that will, you know, if, if they're looking for, and I, I, abundance for me is success and fulfillment because you don't want to work yourself to the bone to where you can't actually enjoy it with family and what you just mentioned. What are like your final thoughts in terms of whatever the industry may be, whatever the family structure may be, if you are, hey, looking at the mic, looking at the camera, what are your last thoughts in terms of like, yo, this is where you want to go. This is how you can get there by doing. Yeah. I think number one, what is your purpose? Because you, you can't do anything if you don't know what your overall purpose is. Right. And, and, and that purpose is not about the other person. It's about you. And it, it is the hardest thing to conceptualize at times because when you're a servant leader, your mind shifts to how can I take care of my people? Yeah. But I think what you have to understand and what we have to understand, it's a battle for me, right? Because as a brand new father or family man, <laughs> it, you know, you, you always want to put the family first. It's just naturally how it's ingrained in you. But then you have to realize, well, before I take care of the family or anybody else, I got to make sure mentally, physically, spiritually, I'm in a good spot. So number one is what is your purpose? Make sure that you're in a good spot. Number two, know what your worth is. That's the, and I think, and, and don't ever settle. Stay true to who you are. We talked about it at the beginning. You got to stay true to who you are. Don't change who you are for the other person. What's important along that journey, whether it's personally or professionally, you got to find that person, whether it's a, a, a significant other or a company, that's going to be able to meet you halfway. If you, if you try to meet a person that is going to say, well, I can't do X, Y, and Z with you unless you change who you are, check, see you later. <laughs> because I've checked, right? And I think it comes, I think it applies the same to professional level. If you come across a company that says, well, we would love to bring you on board, but in order to do so, we're going to need you to change who you are. You got to say no. Yeah. Know your worth, know your value. And you got to have courage in doing that and going on to the next one. Because if you don't do that, it's a, it's a vicious cycle that's never, that's never going to end, right? So know what your purpose is. Uh, number two, you know, know what your value is, right? And then number three is just stay true to who you are. And that's it. And if you do those three things right there, and when you surround yourself with great people that have your best interest, you're in a good spot. Love it. Donald? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is necessarily rephrasing some of what you said in the beginning part of that, but like, What's your why? Understand who or what your why is, right? And I think when you ground yourself in the why, it can explain everything else of not only your direction, but also how do you stay on track, right? Mm -hmm. And if it does not check up against your why, then you either uh, move on or figure out how you get it to conform to that piece of it or whatever you need to do. I think the other part of that too is, like I mentioned earlier, is you have to figure out a way to remove the emotion from your decisions. It is okay to be emotional. It is okay to do those things. It is okay to, you know, whatever, but it cannot factor into your decision-making process because when you make rash decisions based on emotions, nine times out of 10, it does not end up the way it could possibly be in the best possible sense. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of that is, is last but not least is take time for yourself to fully understand who you are as an individual 
so that you can be productive for all the people that you not only support, but the people that you want to make better or not even the individuals that you work for. Um, you know, I think that there's so many conversations and so many things that as I sit and I listen and it's just like dysfunctional or it's, I can't figure this out, I can't, whatever. And it's like, that individual does not know their why and they <laughs> don't even know who they are or whatever. Um, and, 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 and I'm a big believer in mindfulness. I'm a big believer of being still. I'm a big believer in however you figure that out or where you need that to be, to be alone with your thoughts. Because what you find is that you can't escape yourself and you have to challenge yourself to be better. But the other part of that is, is the best um, advice, decisions, choice of direction where I've ever was go, ever going to go came to me when I was in a moment of stillness yes. where I could hear my thoughts. And no matter who or what you believe in, like the voice, whether it's yours or from someone else, comes to you when you're in that moment of stillness. Yes. Right? And I think that is significantly more important. Um, and to get even more down the rabbit hole, please. Um, we're all men, right? And I feel that uh, I, I got to speak to men. And it's like, you have to be able to plug into something higher or more than you so that you can go back and be the man that you need to be for everyone else in yes. your life, right? Yes. Um, and I think that a big part of that is by allowing yourself to get still and plug into who or what you need to, to be the man that you need to be, to either step back and support or lead whatever you need to lead. Mm -hmm. Whether that's your individual unit at your house, whether that is in the workplace, or whether that's whatever that needs to be. And it's a lesson that took me a lot of years to learn, yeah. but I feel that I'm finally getting to a point to where I can be successful, I can be in a successful relationship, which is, we got to come back and talk about relationships in another Absolutely. time. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but like, yeah, man, like I, I, I'm a firm believer in plugging into whatever you need to. And the only way you can do that is being still with your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, thank you both for just this time and this space to be vulnerable, to hold each other accountable and to share. And that's what this whole Moments of Mindset, the podcast is all about that, having these conversations of clarity that we can share. And that's why I have different people from my life that I love. That's why I created the platform so that I can share with the world the people that I hold close to me in high regard to be able to share our experiences to help each and every one of you grow yeah. and evolve. Because this is a continuous thing until we take our last breath. So. Yeah. Thank everyone for listening in. Those that are listening in today, those that are listening tomorrow, those that are listening in from five years from now, because this right here, I am blessed to surround myself with savants and people that care and love and want to see people grow and want to leave this earth much, much better. So again, thank you all for joining. There will be another, and there will be additional conversations, as we mentioned. <laughs> but, man, let's toast to this, because this has been a long time. Cheers. Cheers Cheers. Yeah. Love y'all. Love you. Thank y'all. Yeah.